A very warm welcome to you all, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, the Football Attic Kit, Kit Podcast. Nearly fell into that trap again. Um, <laughs> I'll say that again. The Football Attic Kit Podcast, episode number five. My name's Chris Oakley. Very good to have your company once again. And, uh, well, no special guest this week, but uh, we have got a co-presenter who is special. And we'll leave the <laughs> definition of special up to you. Uh, it is, of course, the one, the only, yours, your very own, Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich. Good day, sir. How are you? That Oh, that went really loud on the mic there. Just clipped, <laughs> clipped something chronic. Stop clippity, doing that. Clippity. What? Stop eating hats. What? <laughs> I don't think his headphones are working too well either, ladies and hey, gentlemen. Hey, uh, who said that? <laughs> this is age. <laughs> yes, um, welcome, welcome one and all to the podcast, and uh, as ever, we have a, uh, a meaty subject, a football kit design related, uh, that you can get your ears around later on. We're going to be looking at World Cup 2002 and the kits that were on show uh, during the course of that tournament, and we also have another kit-off vote for you to get involved with, and we'll be telling you more about that later on as well. But as ever, we begin with some kit news. And, uh, well, I suppose, Rich, as we said on the last podcast with uh, John Devlin, um, you know, domestic season is underway. So we're now kind of down to the thin end of things in terms of kit releases. Um, what, what have you seen? What stuff have you seen coming out that uh, you think the listeners would like to hear about? Uh, there is a very, very nice uh, PSV Eindhoven third kit made by Umbro. Now, to me, this is a strange one for Umbro, because Umbro these days tend to be going more for the sort of classic look, the sort of this mm. almost tailored by range type thing. But this is basically a kind of, a, it's it's a green shirt with a, oh, I suppose you could describe it as a, like a checkerboard in dark green down the left-hand side running through the badge. I suppose almost, it's a bit like a sort of green version of a Croatia kit. If you like. Exactly, yes. It's very mm. nice, though. I do really like it. And a very nice, simple V-neck. So it's kind of like a, li- a nice mix of kind of funky and simple. Hmm. It's lovely, isn't it? I, I thought that was particularly nice as well. And, um, yeah, it's got a kind of retro Umbro styling on the collar, really. It's a bit like... A, it's not a wrap-over collar, but it's... Uh, uh, we've got, you know, it's a white v-neck with a little bit of green trim on there. And um, you've got the half-and-half half cuffs, which are being seen... Um, across many of the Umbro kits at the moment, so sort of green, dark green and white, and um, yeah, as you say, it's sort of like a two-tone green checkerboard thing. It's very, very nice. Um, I don't know what the PSV Eindhoven away kit is for this season, what colour that is. Is that a pale blue? Am I imagining that? I could be wrong on that. Uh, but anyway, but green. Green works for PSV Eindhoven. Well done, Umbro. Good one. Uh, what else have you seen there, Rich? Uh, well, the second one's another Umbro one, and it shares the same uh, cuffs. And um, It's the Derby County third kit, which is basically a kind of light blue, just very plain shirt with a crappy neck on it, like with some, <laughs> some nice black trim, but then it's like kind of, I think that's the sort of neck that John Devlin hates. It's the kind of one that's just a sort of, you've almost got like a collar that's then just cut off and then it stops being a collar at the front. It just becomes yeah, a sides, shirt. but no bottom. It's on the West Ham home shirts, I think. Yeah, I'm not a, great, not a great fan of that either. I've just noticed mm. that it's got white side panels, which are quite light. And the one thing yeah. I do really like about this actually is those cuffs, because um, not just so much on the uh, the short sleeve, but I like the fact they've actually done it on the long sleeve as well. So the long sleeve mm. ends in black and white cuffs, which I think is really neat, because normally they don't do that on the long sleeves. They give them completely different. Um, so, because well, normally it's not, it's not so much a cuff on the on the short sleeve. It's just an end of shirt because it's not like a mm. a cuff in the old style where it used to be like made of a different material. It's just mm. some coloured trim. Whereas 
because of that, they don't usually bother on the long sleeve, but they have, and it's nice. Yeah. It is a, it's a very pale blue, like an ice blue colour, that one. And um, I'm sure there'll be some people that have a bit of an issue with the Just Eat logo again on the middle. But, um, yeah, no, I think at this rate, probably Derby County are going to get a series of podcasts on their own. I think they'll be cropping up every week. Um, by the end of this uh, season, we could be talking about the Derby County 47th kit. And oh, uh, wonder what colour that'll be in. But, um, but yeah, not a bad effort. Um, I still like... I think out of the three Derby County kits for this season, I still like the away kit, which is yellow. Uh, is it yellow? I'm getting confused myself now. Yellow <laughs> and blue, I think it was, wasn't it? It's just because um, Everton released their away kit um, probably just after our last podcast, and they've got the same, same template as the Derby home kit, which we've m- mentioned before. It was white with these black, broad kind of rings around the shoulders and going under the arms. And I think Derby's version of that uh, sorry, Derby. Everton's version of that yellow with blue looks even better than white and black. But yeah, I, um, think, I thought anyway. I like the Everton one as well. It looks very nice. Yeah, kind of, a, so, uh, it has a very sort of mid eighties look about it. Even though I don't know they had anything like that in the mid eighties, it just mm. it has a nice sort of retro look. What else, mm. Chris? What else we got? Well, it's uh, that time in the uh, podcast that uh, everybody looks forward to. Yes, it's the Nike Vaporware moment, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, this week, I bet you can't guess which team we're going to mention uh, on this occasion. It's actually China, of all teams. Uh, China have gone with a Nike Vaporware kit, but they've gone down the personalization route, which uh, I think we've seen with uh, the likes of Turkey and people like that. Um, essentially, red shirts, red shorts, yellow socks. So the old contrasting coloured socks motif remains. But on the shirt, uh, they've got this very nice kind of, I don't know how you describe it. It's kind of like a mesh sort of pattern. It looks a bit like sort of, um, like a, what do they call it? Like a chain link fence kind of style mesh motif. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. Um, it, and it's to, very nice. You know what it, I've just realized what it reminds me of actually. It reminds me when, it's, it's horrible. It reminds me when someone's <laughs> had a burn and then had a skin graft. <laughs> and there's that kind of mesh look where they where they've applied the actual sort of protective covering on it. That's what mm. it reminds me of. But that's just my weird <laughs> imagination. Um, as for the shirt itself, I think it's really nice. I mean, like, mm. we were talking about the vaporware template before we started recording this, and I was just saying that I, I like the ones where they have contrasting sleeves. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is the ones where they have the sort of, as I described it, it's the ribbed effect on it, where it's the two different stripes of different colours, yes. like England does, and I think America does. Um, I don't like it when it has just plain sleeves. I think it looks really boring. Um, mm. And this is very nice, actually, because I think even the, the, the shoulders have got that sort of mesh pattern on it. So it's a very nice yeah. version of it. Um, and I, I do actually like the neck on it. I like the vaporware neck because even though it's got that kind of weird bit where the collar comes around and stops, I like the fact that it ends in a V neck. And I, I just, I, this is really nice. I'm, I'm really impressed with this because I think mm. uh, China have been with Adidas for a, a long time, I think, um, mm. and they've been producing just mainly nothing particularly exciting. And this is <laughs> very nice indeed. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's terrific, actually. Um, up close, because the kind of mesh pattern, the skin graft pattern, if you will, um, <laughs> is is kind of yellow on the red background. Up close, it almost makes the shirt look a, a little bit more orangey than red. And, and actually, even that's quite a nice little effect. But um, certainly, if you stand back a bit and look at the shirt, uh, sh- look at the kit, rather, in, in its entirety, um, certainly it's a nice red 
um, shade that's been used. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's very, very nice. Another um, bit of proof, if you needed it, that the Vaporware kit looks good if it's executed right and in the right colour scheme. So um, I'm sure fans of the China national team will be very happy with that one. Um, uh, another kit which has um, come out in the last uh, couple of weeks, I suppose, since the last podcast, is Ranger's third shirt, which is by Puma, as indeed as you'd expect are all the others. And um, and this one's a nice one. I quite like it. It's it's essentially divided up horizontally into three parts. You've got um, an upper white section um, with a nice small flappy collar, button-down flappy collar. Um, and then the middle section is essentially a horizontal stripe in, I suppose that's navy blue, um, uh, with the sponsor logo 32 red on it in white, if you understand what I mean. And then the lower section is pale blue. So you've, effectively you've got sort of um, white, pale blue, dark blue, and the sleeves are predominantly uh, navy blue as well. I'm probably not describing this very well, but anyway, it looks lovely. Um, and I think all of um, Puma's three uh, Rangers kits this season are good. A bit of a retro feel to them, but I kind of like them for that. What about you, Rich? I agree. I, I mean, I absolutely love this. Um, I mm. think it looks really smart. It's weird because it, it, it doesn't really feel like a football shirt. It looks more like a sort of leisure wear shirt, but mm. I just think it's really nice. It's I, I just think the white is not too overpowering. It's almost like an off-white. Um, and then the, the navy and the sort of pale blue, they go so well together. And they're, they're nice sort of shades of them as well. They're not, I don't mm. know, there's a slight, they're slightly muted colours. But I think yeah. it works really, really well. I'd, I'd absolutely love it. And I th- it's, yeah, very, very nice. But I'll tell you what, though, there does seem to be a trend nowadays of third kits being almost, in effect, like the same colour as the home kit. So mm. it's like you've got, it, which kind of almost defeats the point of them. I mean, <laughs> it's like when everyone said about the Norwich one last year. When it was like almost just like a, the, the striped combination of the home colours. It's like, and there seems to be a lot coming out this year that are almost a repeat of the home colour, but a slightly different version, which, hmm. I mean, yeah, it just seems to be a bit pointless, really. But hey, hmm. anyway. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I'm just trying to sort of think. I'm sure I've sort of seen that. It, it reminds me of sort of mid to late 80s sort of styling generally, not just football kits, but just sort of you know fashions that were around at the time the kind of if you like the sort of cna look which i'm probably um <laughs> you know damning with faint praise there but um you know like the um just the general sort of fashions that were around at the time in terms of kind of men's wear and, the, and you know wearing you know smart casual shirts and polo shirts and sweaters and i don't know whatever else was going around at the time but it's just nicely done very nice choice of colors nicely uh executed so puma still on a roll there as far as they're concerned um, another one we can focus on, which I, uh, I can see takes us over to Italy for uh, N- Napoli's away kit. Do describe. Uh, this, I think there's only one word you can use to describe this, and that is sash. Because <laughs> it's, got, it's got a massive sash on it. It's like it's... <laughs> It's like a sash of massive proportions, a sash <laughs> unseen before in history. Uh, and, uh, well, it's basically it's just a very plain white shirt. Uh, and then it's got a sash on it. <laughs> it's, it's basically, basically, if you type sash with 50 A's in it, it's that kind of sash. <laughs> yeah, not 49, because that's not enough. Um, <laughs> and enough. basically, it's, so it, it's literally a plain white shirt and then a, a light blue sash running across it. But it, it's the, the width of the sash. It's almost, mm. it's about, I would say, by the midpoint of the shirt, it's actually half the width of the shirt <laughs> itself. So it's a big sash. Uh, 
And then it's got the sponsors of Lete or Leet or whatever, and I can't read the bottom. Was it Gan- Ganafolo or something? I don't know what that is. Ganafolo. Yeah, Ganafolo. <laughs> That's <laughs> a Mexican company by the sound of it. Um, and then on the back, you've got Kimbo, which is the name of someone I used to know. So I don't know why he's put his name on there. <laughs> I thought it was just some kind of like nickname for your backside, because it's just above where your backside would be, I suppose. Yeah. Had it tucked in. Do with an arrow um, pointing down. <laughs> um, it's, we should point out it's a, uh, it's a Kappa kit, so it's, uh, it's the very close-fitting sort of uh, style that they have, round neck. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is, without question, that is the one thing that really hits you about this design. I mean, if you remember during, uh, I think it was the Copa America earlier this year, um, Ecuador had a very wide reverse diagonal sash. Sorry, who? I thought that was wide. Who? Who? Was it Ecuador? Ecuador! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that reference completely, but I'm glad you reminded me because that, um, that amused me no end when you said it before. Um, I thought that, I thought their, um, uh, uh, diagonal sash was wide, but my heavens, I mean, this is, this is so wide. It isn't even really diagonal. It's almost vertical. So they could fit it in. It's, it's just mad, but it looks nice. I think it has good uh, girth. Yeah. And we'll have to see. And we're not sure at the moment what color shorts that would be worn with, but I'm guessing white. But, um, if it is white, I think that would be quite a nice look. Quite a I, bold I'm hoping they look. carry the sash on on the shorts. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be a thing? That would be ace. Continuing patterns on shorts. That's a future topic for discussion. <coughs> if we can find some examples of that. But anyway, there we go. I digress. Um, moving on, just rattling on through the last sort of few of these. Um, Kelta Vigo launched their third kit, which is also their European kit. It's by Adidas. Quite a nice one, this one. I think Rich is basically predominantly sort of two-tone grey. Now, future reference on this podcast, we're going to be talking about grey and silver kits later on. Um, but, um, in this instance, basically, Kelta Vigo's kit is a sort of medium grey and dark grey. It's got a mishmash of different things going on. On the shirt, you've got sort of stripes going from the sort of upper chest downwards, alternating between medium and dark grey. Uh, sleeves are sort of cut off sort of halfway down, so the lower section is, lo- is medium grey. There's some light blue edging around the collar and the Adidas trim. The shorts are medium grey, the socks are medium grey. Um, it probably sounds like a bit of a mess, and I'm sure there are some people that will describe it as such, but I think it looks really terrific as far as grey kits are concerned. What do you think? I like it as well. Is it definitely grey? Because it looks a sort of almost beige and brown in this picture. But yeah, it's not a good picture that I've found, I yeah. will admit. But it's so a shame, it is, actually, because yeah, I think if it was beige and brown, it would have been very nice. It would have been very interesting. I mean, mm. as interesting as beige ever gets. But, you know, um, it, I, I like it. It's, it's, it does look nice. And I, like you say, the, describing it makes it sound like a mess. But when you look at it, it actually looks very nice. I like the, the, the fact that the shorts and the socks are the same sort of colour as well. And it just mm. it helps sort of offset the, the craziness of the shirt. But no, I think it's very nice. It's odd choice, like the sort of grey thing it's never a very popular colour but I think it's I, I like it it's nice yeah it's a nice what? change to um, especially the kind of medium grey sort of shade really I mean the you know dark grey has been used before um, silver I suppose as well but um, yeah medium grey I suppose a tricky one to pull off but um, it has got a certain sort of style to it and I also quite like the um, the retro wrap over collar which would have been prevalent on Adidas shirts football shirts at least in the mid 80s as well so they've kind of just brought that back um, uh, aside from that, uh, Borussia Dortmund have released their European shirt, again by Puma. Um, <coughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of this really. I mean, Puma shirts, as we said before, very nice these days. <clears throat> this one's kind of got a sort of strange black 
um, underarm panel that goes up to the neckline, um, and then the rest of the shirt is predominantly is predominantly yellow, as you'd expect. Very little other detail on it apart from that. Begs the question, I suppose, Rich. Like, is there really a need for it? Well, now, now then, now then, how's about that then? Um, <laughs> what you can't see in that picture, actually, which I did see on, I think it was a subside email that I landed in my inbox the other day, is that that black panel has actually got like a carbon fibre effect to it. And it looks right. quite nice. Hmm. I mean, it it does. <coughs> I mean, well, put it like this, it's better than the home shirt as well, which is horrible. The home shirt <laughs> is... Uh, Blacks, well, it's a yellow shirt with black stripes on it, but the yellow and black stripes are not the same width. The, it's that's what's mm, why I described right. as a yellow shirt with black stripes on it. Um, and then there's also a central, like a, down each black stripe, there's like a a yellow pinstripe running down it, which just looks yeah. cack. Um, so I actually really like this. I think it's a very smart shirt, um, and I like the carbon fiber look on it. Now, like you say, what's the need for it? Because actually. MC Doug or Muck Doug, Muck <laughs> Doug, right? Muck Doug, uh, <laughs> doomed. One one X one seventy six. That's my <laughs> terrible Scottish accent there. Very Sorry, good. one Very of good. one of many terrible accents. Um, um, he actually was saying. So now we're getting Champions League kits, uh, like similar to like United had in 1999, which I pointed mm. out. Actually, quite a lot of people have been doing this for years. A mm. lot of teams actually have kits that they were in Europe. I think Liverpool had one in the mid-2000s, uh, which was quite nice, I think, which had the liver bird on it in the middle, in yellow. Yes. Le- um, and I think Southampton had a special European kit for that one year they got mm. into Europe. <laughs> um, and, and basically, on, on the continent, as you might describe it, I think this, it's quite a prevalent thing to have a, a specific kit for Europe. It's another way of fleecing people out of money, but then you don't have to buy it. Oh, Stop moaning. I'll buy them all, though. Hey! <laughs> well, as I say, in terms of like, is there a need for it? Actually, I think there is. I think there's a need for it to probably be the home kit. I think a plain yellow is probably better for Borussia Dortmund. I don't dislike this one. I don't dislike the striped one necessarily, but I think, you know, for, for clarity and contrast with the other team's kit, I think a nice plain yellow, predominantly yellow shirt would work better anyway. And, you know, wear the striped one for Europe. Why not? Um, yeah. So, I could argue that maybe they've got that the wrong way round, Puma. It's an easy mistake to make. You're probably new to this game. You know, if you need any advice, let me know. Yeah. Um, maybe ask Adidas. That, you know, because there's, yeah. no, there's no rivalry between those two teams. Uh, no two history companies. between you two? No. No, no. no. Fine. Um, and aside from that, um, two other things just to tug your... or a few other things to tug your coat about. Um, Denmark, for those who don't know yet, they have gone back to Hummel. Hurrah! Uh, that's what we'd like to see. Um, they had a Hummel kit during the 2016 Olympics, which, to be honest, wasn't much to write home about. It was a bit plain and kind of budget-looking. Um, however, that, uh, uh, an image has been released, a leaked image, and if this is true, then I think much, you know, um, much excitement could be abound because the new Hummel away shirt for Denmark looks terrific. It's white. It's got a diagonal cutaway section across the right shoulder, as you see it sort of looking from the front. And on that cutaway section, which is in red, you've got a white cross, which is basically what you're looking at is, I suppose, like a reversed version of the uh, Denmark flag. The DBU, um, Danish Football Association logo, is in the middle of that cross. And you've got the red chevrons for Hummel running down the sleeves and just a little bit of trim around the bottom of the col- collars. Uh, sorry, I'll say that again. The bottom of the cuffs and the bottom of the shirt 
it looks, I think, absolutely sensational. And every single comment I've read about this on online places like footyheadlines.com, football shirt culture, whatever, I don't think I've seen a bad comment about it. Everybody says it looks amazing, and I'm inclined to agree. Do you, Rich? Uh, well, right at this very second, <laughs> I have a giant throbbing erection. So, <laughs> oh, very nice. Thanks for the share. Wob wob. You can probably see it on the video feed that you've got there, Chris. <laughs> Just twitching away in your eye line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this yeah. is gorgeous. I mean, it's great to have uh, Hummel doing Denmark kits because that means that the world is is a right and just place. <laughs> yes. Um, even even though you know, I mean, some people would say that England should be with Umbro, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, I think this is an ace shirt. The only thing that concerns me is they have on their Twitter feed released a sort of pixelated image of this and the home kit. Um, which is being the, released on the 1st of September if I understand it right I believe so yeah And but yes. the home kit if the home kit was a reverse of this it would be ace but it doesn't look like it is it looks like it's just a plain shirt and if you can see the sort of rounded almost v-neck on this shirt it mm. seems to be that in white so the home shirt just seems to be all red with that kind of weird white neck which mm. if that's the case that is not great. Uh, yeah. It's a bit boring, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see because there might be nice shadow prints on it. But this looks beautiful, and it's just it does. I mean, I'm really hoping that they get the home kit right because I really want Hummel to sort of storm it back in because Adidas mm. have produced some bland kits for Denmark, uh, but they've also actually done a, quite a few nice ones as well. I think the last few that they did for Denmark were actually quite nice. They sort of, yeah. but then they started almost trading on the. Um, I think they were almost trying to recapture this Denmark 86 sort of look but with yeah. it as far as they could legally go with that one so <laughs> it's maybe it was just a, a realisation that they just will never be able to compete with Hummel on that and on people's hearts um, and, mm-hmm. but I mean this just looks stunning I, I, I might have to own one of these well, I'll say I think I might have to own one of these and I never buy football shirts. Um, <laughs> it's, I think this has got all the makings of a future classic. It really does look that good. It looks like the sort of thing which in certain ways they could have released back in 1986. It's, it's up there with those great kits of that World Cup. And uh, I mean, I was thinking about what, whether they could do a sort of reversal of this for the home kit, but I'm not sure if that would work because that would require effectively a white cutaway panel and then they would have a red cross on it, which is not the Denmark flag. So, I'm, yeah. yeah. But I'm, Unless they did it with like a shadow stripe or something, a shadow pattern rather. Um, but, um, yeah. And, or what they could do actually is, is keep this shirt look and then where they've just basically keep the red panel with the white cross, but do it in like a darker red. Hmm. Yes. And yeah, just no, keep no, it that could, way that so you still keep the same motif. And that would be nice actually, yeah. The only, the only other thing which I suppose is also a little bit sort of awkward is the fact that, um, the positioning of the, sort of Denmark flag, they've had to sort of flip it uh, on its vertical axis to have it on the right shoulder, which kind of means you're not seeing the flag in its right way. So therefore, so your natural instinct is to think, oh, they should have put that on the left shoulder. But if they do that, then they've got to put the word Hummel, the Hummel logo, on the right-hand side, which mm. is not where it normally goes. So it's a, again, there's a slight awkwardness. But I mean, I'm prepared to forgive it that. I just, I genuinely hope this leaked image is true because I think it would be wonderful. Well, looking at the, um, looking at the blurred image that Hummel have released themselves, it is. Because no. it, it's a very, it's just like a blurred image of this shirt. So it is, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Fair enough. 
Um, and in other news, um, uh, Locomotive Moscow, they've um, basically gone for the quirky element to their uh, shirt numbers. I'm not sure if this is their home kit or what you might know more about this, because um, I always thought Locomotive Moscow wore red at home, but I could be wrong. This is a green shirt I'm looking at, but the key feature is not so much the colour or the design of the shirt, but the fact that on the shirt numbers, they've actually uh, decided to superimpose pictures of the uh, season ticket holders, which I think is a, is a quirky touch. I mean, one of those sort of things that you know is not going to last any more than one season or whatever, but just as a sort of one-off thing, something a bit different, I think that's pretty good. Sort of thing you'd buy, I would say. Original, that's it would do if I could get my own picture on it, yeah. But unfortunately, well, I'm, not, I'm not an Yellow Locomotive Moscow season ticket holder, you know. <laughs> No. Damn them! Why? What? Just all these people that pump money into their clubs, and yet I don't get to—I don't get to be part of it. It's just not on. They should allow me. Don't they know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <coughs> what we should do is make a, a football attic shirt, and then people that send us five quid each gets to have their picture in the numbers on the back. That sounds like a plan. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. We'll make right. them out. Of okay. End of podcast. We're going to go and do that now. No, we're not. No, we're not. Um, and just one other piece of kit news, actual news, rather than just telling you about new kits. And the, some of you may have seen this. It's just um, the the saga that's going on at the moment with the Uruguay national team. Um, I've been trying to get my head around this, but basically, as many of you all know, Uruguay have been with Puma for a while now and had some rather nice kits as a result um, for some time. However, um, they are they are in the process of sort of renegotiating a new kit deal, and. Uh, it's come to light that Nike have thrown their hat into the ring and sort of said, we, we'll provide kit for you. Um, and they're offering, so it's said, um, five times more money than Puma. Uh, now, of course, you know, it's easy to be greedy, but the Uruguayan players and certain people um, involved in the running of the Uruguayan Football Association have sort of gone, oh, we could actually use that money to great effect by kind of improving the standard of football in Uruguay. We can kind of get better coaching Better infrastructure, blah 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 blah. Let's let's go with uh, Nike. But um, it seems to be that the powers that be. Um, let's just say I'm going to try and say this in such a way as to not get sued. So just bear with me a moment. Um, I think basically the people in charge are quite keen to work with um, Puma for their own reasons. I don't know what those reasons are, but they must be pretty good reasons to to not want the extra money from Nike. Um, and there's been a big fallout about this. There's been some players threatening to go on strike unless um, Nike become the new suppliers. Um, I don't know what, how much of this you've read or kept up to date with, Rich, but um, it's a it's a curious one. Um, we were just saying actually before before the podcast started. I suppose the upshot is that if they switch to Nike, they'll end up with a, a Nike vaporware kit, which could be a bit of a kind of bit of a tragedy, really. But um, such as it is, um, what do you make of it all? Well, I mean, interesting as it is, it all sounds all very politicky. But I mean, like you said, I think it would be a shame, really, because uh, I mean, politics aside, from a purely design point of view, I think Puma have produced a lot of really nice kits for Uruguay. I think they've mm. produced a couple of crappy ones as well. But I'd say on the whole, they've actually done really well with with Uruguay. I think the latest one they had was an absolutely gorgeous kit. I think which we talked about when on the Copa America one. Um, and, and like you say, they almost certainly would end up with a vaporware template, which would, although I, that said, I would quite like to see a vaporware template, which would be maybe like a light blue with black sort of ribbed sleeves. I think that would be very nice. But at the same time, it's another team losing individuality and going to a mm. template. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
I think it'd be a bit like like the Man City kit, but with, I think they'd go with black socks, which I think could look pretty tasty, and Good. maybe keep the keep the sleeves the same colour as the as the body of the shirt. Because as we said before, we started recording the you know Brazil, I think, and maybe one or two other teams have gone with they've decided not to have co- uh, sleeves in a different colour. They've actually kept the same colour for the sleeves as the rest of the shirt. So I think an all pale blue shirt, all pale blue shorts, and black socks could look quite nice, but. Um, in essence, no real reason to move away from Puma other than getting the extra money because, as you say, the Puma kits have been good. So um, there we go. Well, uh, as things stand, I think they've actually postponed <coughs> the um, the to, you know the the decision. They were going to announce what they decided to do, whether to stay with Puma or go with Nike. Um, I think they've postponed that decision, uh, that announcement rather, and uh, so we're going to have to um, keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. We'll let you know if we can on the next podcast what happened there. But needless to say, you may find out before us anyway. But um, it's an interesting story. That is not often you get players getting involved, like Luis Suarez adding their names to open letters uh, to the uh, the powers that be saying, please switch to Nike and uh, things like that. Anyway, that pretty much wraps up the kit news for this podcast. Uh, it means we now move on to our main topic. And uh, once again, as we've been doing recently, we're going back in time, picking out a, a tournament, a major tournament, and assessing the kits therein, and as I said earlier on, we are looking at World Cup 2002. Um, some, <coughs> excuse me, some interesting kits there. 32 team tournament, of course, um, and uh, so lots of uh, lots of kits to assess. Uh, this was the second World Cup that had 32 kits. So, I mean, we're not going to go through them all individually. Yeah. Um, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Sorry, yes, we did decide that. It's our first two and a half hour podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to, to, to take in, I suppose. But I guess, Rich, to begin with, this is another example where we sort of gone, oh, yes, that'll be a good tournament. And then you actually start looking at the kits in here and you go, ah, maybe the kits aren't quite as good as I remember. But that's to be unfair to some of the kits. Oh, I suppose if, if we start off with the with the Adidas Nike sort of situation, because by, what, 1998, I think that's when you started to get Adidas and Nike really dominating all the contracts for each World Cup. And um, in this World Cup in 2002, uh, there were uh, 10 Adidas kits and 8 for Nike. So 18 of the 32, just over half, were, you know, the, the countries had either an Adidas kit or a Nike one. In general terms, what do you make of their main sort of templates that they had? Um, well, the Adidas one, I I wasn't a great fan of at the time. I th- I just thought it looked very boring and dull. But retrospectively, I've I've grown to like it, and I, I think of some kits it works better than others. Um, France, I think the home kit looks very nice. It's basically the the, the template itself is uh, it's it's quite a baggy shirt as well. I mean, this is the thing you have to remember how sh- how baggy shirts were at the sort of ninety eight and two thousand and two World Cup. Um, so the basic night, uh, sorry, Adidas template is, it's a very plain shirt, uh, with the standard three stripes down the sleeves, which sort of end prematurely, which I guess was so that they could fit the tournament patches in. Um, mm-hmm. standard V-neck, nothing exciting. Um, and then the main feature of it was that at the side, they had two sort of mesh panels, which, and the mesh, basically what it had, you'd have like a sort of a, sec- a second color underneath the mesh, and then the mesh would usually be, in the same colour as the shirt, or it would be reversed slightly, and you'd have the same sort of shirt colour underneath, and then a different coloured mesh panel. It, it worked differently, I think. Cause I think Sweden had blue mesh for the yellow under undershirt mm-hmm. bit, 
uh, whereas France, France, I think, had red underneath with the blue mesh over it. So Mm -hmm. there were two different ways they could do it. Um, And like I say, at the time, I remember it just finding it a bit uninspiring. But I actually think now, looking at it, it's quite a nice touch because the the rest of the shirt itself looks quite simple. But then you've got this nice sort of modern touch to it. And I, I, I quite like it now, actually. Um, mm. What do you think of the Adidas one, Chris? Uh, it's smart and it's neat. Um, it's very, it's nice and sort of clinically modern, but not. There's no gimmick on there as such, apart from maybe the, the <coughs> dual layer thing, the mesh thing going on. But um, I just find them a little bit sort of just slightly boring. There's no, there's not a lot for you to sort of feast your eyes on, um, as opposed to the Nike one, which, strangely enough, back in the day, I, I. Um, so sort of didn't find them all that great, but nowadays I think I, I kind of look at the Nike template and I think there is more to look at there. You've got these sort of strange sort of spiky, um, pointed panels coming from the side. Um, and therefore it looks like they've made a bit more of an effort. And of course they had a dual layer thing going on as well. But so out of the two, I'd go for Nike, but, um, yeah, the Adidas kit, the Adidas template, uh, that they were using then. Yeah, not bad. And in, in certain colorways, I think it looks good. I think also a key point to make, I've got a feeling you might agree with this actually, is that those kit, uh, sorry, those countries rather that wore the Adidas template in an, in all one color, like uh, I think Saudi Arabia did, if I remember right, in all green. I think it looks particularly nice then. It looks very strong, uh, a very strong design when it's like that. But when you have, say, green shirts and white shorts, it slightly waters down the effect. What do you, what do you think? Um, I'm just trying to find the Saudi Arabia one. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. I, I think you've made a, a very good point, though, about the mesh panel being, it's very subtle. And, and I think the problem is it's almost too subtle. Um, mm. because it, it almost, it's, it, on some shirts, it's almost invisible. You know, it's, yes. you just really can't see it. I mean, the France home one, if you see, the, if you see up close pictures of it, you can see it. it's very clear. Yeah. Um, but when you actually look at, like, distance sort of photos it's almost like it's not there and i think it's it's a bit of a shame because i think it's a really nice design feature it's just that you can't always see i mean even on the south africa one where you've got yellow and green which should be you know it should be glaringly obvious but it's not it's very very it's almost unnoticeable it just looks like a slightly different color which is a shame because like i say it is a really nice design idea and i think it was a nice way to sort of keep things simple Unlike the Nike template, which has, <laughs> is a bag of shit, um, is in my description. I hated this template at the time, and my hatred of it has grown since. And revisiting it now, it's made me quite angry. Um, <laughs> I, 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 the worst thing, I, I've made the note on, um, because uh, you've put on the Brazil one, possibly one of the last decent Brazil kits in my view. And I've put, mm. I think you misspelt worst. How difficult is it to fuck up a Brazil kit? Quite easy if you're night. Just chuck a load of superfluous triangles on and call it a day. So long as they go out in the tournament early, it should be fine. Oh, bollocks. Because <laughs> they went and won the damn thing in it. And I remember, uh, I, think... I remember seeing them holding up the World Cup trophy in this shitty shirt, just thinking, F you, Nike. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, I've got a slightly kind of contradictory view on this, because I think, again, going back to that, what I said earlier on about at least you've got something there to look at, whether you like it or not, but there is at least something, these, these kind of triangular pointy sort of, um, flashes on, on the shirt. Um, I kind of like it cause it's got that on it, but I do remember at the time thinking that it looked a bit cheap and it was partly because of the dual layer thing going on. 
but also the, I don't know if it was the shade of yellow on the shirt. It's, it's slightly paler, I think, than they mm. may have had before. And that and the material, it just looked a bit of a kind of like um, someone had sort of tried to make a Nike kit, but sort of did it you know, on a far far smaller budget, maybe. And it just looked a little bit kind <coughs> of cheapy, cheapy. Um, I, th- I think Knight were experimenting with with muted colours for a lot of the teams because yeah. I think we've both we've both uh, made the note about um, oh, who was it Nigeria? Yeah, well, I mean Nigeria Ni- Nigeria's yeah. is awful. That was Nike. <laughs> that is Nike, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, who was the other one? South Korea. South Korea played in almost. Oh, and Belgium. Yeah. You know, like South Korea and Belgium both playing red, but not in this tournament. They played in a kind of orange. It was like a really pale red. And yeah. then Nigeria is just the worst. It's like this kind of Nigeria. You think Nigeria in '94 had two of the best kits at that tournament? They looked ace. Mm. And this is just like this kind of really pale green with a, a horrific collar. And the, the, <laughs> the other thing that I remember about the the South Korea and this one uh, was they just like you said, Chris. They looked very cheap. The material looked really thin, mm. and, and it looked like yes. it was made of plastic bags or something. In fact, I've actually called the the Nigeria one Waitrose carrier bags in both. <laughs> quality and uh color and it's i just ah oh, and and the funny thing is as well I, I tend to also judge a tournament on on argentina's kits if argentina <laughs> have a good kit then i'm happy 98 brilliant you know great yeah. kit and great away kit fantastic away kit this one the away kit is the standard template that they had um that the standard adidas template and actually looks all right i didn't really like it at the time i thought it was a bit too dark and again the side panels don't lighten it up enough it's it just doesn't yeah. provide enough levity um but the home kit i despised it was yeah. this I, i've i've grown to not hate it so much now and i and it had the side panels but yeah but the collar was like a the same pale blue as the shirt and the the pale blue just looked off and it just looked really weak and yeah. uh, I didn't like it, so, so, but yes, yeah, going back to the Nike one, yeah, mm, no, don't like. <laughs> well, it's interesting mentioning the Nigeria um, home shirt. Uh, sorry, the home kit and this uh, very bright pale green, as you say. Um, two things to mention there. One is that um, in the course of doing my research, um, I discovered that. Well, basically, the first game that they played, and I can't remember who it was against. Forgive me. Um, it might have been somebody like who did Nigeria? They played England. We played, in the last it, game. it was it was Argentina because we played Sweden first. Yeah. So first game, so they play Argentina, Nigeria, and Nigeria wearing their pale green, green kit. And nice touch, this baffling but nice. All the markings, like the shirt numbers, in white because that will make it really nice and easy <laughs> to see. But in the second game, which they would have been playing Sweden, I think. Yep. Um, somebody clearly uh, realised that there was a bit of an issue here, and they changed the Nike swoosh logo and the numbers to black. <laughs> so you then had like a, a revision of the kit after one game, um, and um, so that, I mean that's one little sort of quirky thing. But uh, we've had a, a message from Andy Rockle, who we uh, need to thank because he's um, doing a bit of research of his own, actually ahead of the podcast when he found out that we were going to be talking about this tournament, and uh, he was talking about the. Um, regularity with which away shirts were worn by teams during this tournament and we'll come on to that in a moment we'll go into more detail on on what Andy's findings have come up with if you like um, but one thing he said that there's only one game in the entire tournament where um, both teams wore their away kit in the same game and I think that one was for let me think it was Nigeria versus Sweden 
And the, re- the only reason that happened is because Nigeria's pale green wasn't enough of a contrast with Sweden's yellow. And they couldn't change their white away kit because that wasn't a contrast either. So basically, if Nigeria had worn their traditional sort of grass green coloured kit, there wouldn't have been, been that, that problem then. But um, I, I remember at the time thinking that's, I mean, I, I, like, I like creativity. I like originality. I like seeing people use their imagination when it comes to designing kits. But I just thought that pale green was just off the, off the scale a bit, really. It was uh, needed to be toned down a bit. Uh, anyway, there you go. Um, just... Staying with the uh, the Nike templates. Um, so you'll notice I, sometimes I say Nike and sometimes I say Nike. That's because I like to um, basically keep in with our UK-based audience and the, 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 the good friends we have over in the US. I just like to be kind of universal in that sense. Um, the Nike template I thought was one standard look. I thought it was just a case of change the colours for different teams. Therein you have it. But... Um, as, as a result of getting so enthusiastic during my research, I started to illustrate some of these Adidas and Nike kits for my own website, Kitbliss. And it's only then, when you have to sort of pay very close attention to the details, that you, well, it was at that point I discovered that the Nike template actually has lots of different, seemingly customizable elements to it, which are actually different on each kit. It's not just one design changing colors all the time. So, for instance, I started off, I did the USA Home Kit, um, which has got a white shirt, it's got a flappy collar, and a red sort of triangular inset just below the neck. So you think, fine, that's what all the kits must be like. No, wrong. The Nike, uh, sorry, the USA Away Kit, the Away shirt, is dark blue, but it's got a, a round neck, and it's got this kind of shoulder stripe going all the way along the sleeves and across the shoulders down the other sleeve, which I don't think any other team had, I don't think. So... You kind of go, okay, different collar style. But then you look at Brazil and their home kit, yellow, yellow shirt. That had a ring neck collar, but then they had these pointy green things coming down from the collar. So, right, okay, well, the USA away kit didn't have that, so fine. But then you look at the Brazil away kit, which is blue, blue shirt, and they've got these pointy things coming down from the neck, but then they put a flappy collar over the top, so you can't even see the pointy flashes. Um, and then you go to the Nigeria away kit, and that's white um, with a round neck, and that hasn't got any pointy flashes, no flappy collar. So basically, the, the as you can see, there's all these little sort of elements that presumably each each national team, they could sort of say, okay, well, Nike, we, we don't want the flappy collar, we want a round collar, we'll have the, the, the pointy flashes. We can sort of basically pick and choose all these bits and piece it together like a jigsaw. And that's without even going anywhere near the, the, the South Korea kit, which had this... Um, unique um, motif going all the way down the shirt which was this kind of curved grid a, a grid if you like of curved lines which was very distinctive um did you like the south korea one there much rich no hated it yeah. like i say wrong color and and yeah. just looked very very cheap didn't Slightly like it pale red yeah yeah i just i, I quite liked south korea by this point because i remember them in the 94 world cup so i became a little bit of a mini fan of south korea hmm. and i just remember watching them i think it was when they played italy uh, did they play Italy in... They did. did. they wear red? I'm just trying to think if they wore the white away kit. Against... Um, in 2002? Yes. And they, yeah, they, they wore play Spain as well. Uh, that's did right. They, yes, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, but, but whoever they played against in red, they looked awful and I hated it. I just... I just <laughs> looked so cheap. It, just, it did look really cheap material. The funny thing is though, I was just <laughs> going through the rest of our, our little document here and I think the worst incarnation of this template is Croatia. <laughs> it's just a 
a mess. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, the home and away, they've managed to get both looking hideous. I mean, I, the, the note that I made was using my Edward Woodward about to be burnt in the Wicker Man voice of, oh God, oh Jesus Christ. And, although that was more uh, kind of uh, Billy Connolly. McDug. Um, McDug, <laughs> McDug, oh Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's basically, so they've got the same template. So imagine a white shirt and all the trim on it is blue. So you've got the blue triangle, the blue crappy superfluous triangles flying in from the sides and going off towards the back. And you know, the other thing I hate about this template was the line that came, because the, the triangle sort of came in and stopped about three quarters of the way down the shirt. And then he had this, this line that and went from the end of the triangles round the back of the shirt. It always just looked like it was, I don't know, to me it just looked, it's like it's in the wrong place. It's just <laughs> wrong. Um, so anyway, the Croatia shirt is like a white shirt with blue trim on it, but then they've stuck the Czechs all over it. Not mm. the Czech nation, not loads of Czech, Czechoslovakian people, um, or the Czech Republic. Uh, the, the actual sort of red and white squares. <laughs> um, and so you've got this horrible, I mean, it's, it's, you've got this red and white checkerboard pattern with obviously the, the standard hole cut out in the middle for the blue number, and then the, this blue trim flying in from the sides and then white sleeves with the blue trim on it and then and it's just a mess and then the away one is the blue traditional shirt of Croatia with white trim on it but then the checkered sleeves and yeah. I, I honestly and think collar. on that if, yes oh my god yeah and, and I honestly think if they'd not had the sort of horrible triangles on that shirt it wouldn't look too bad I think on the away shirt I think the home shirt just looks awful anyway but the home uh, the away shirt if that would have just been a plain blue thing with the check uh, yeah with the checks on the collar it would have looked nice but sorry not the collar the sleeves and the <laughs> collar oh, so I've just lost the will to live look at this template <laughs> I have to tell you, because I said I've been illustrating these ones, and when I got to Croatia, I tell you, it was the most fiddly, complicated design I think I've ever had to do. It was just a nightmare. One of the the first times I tried to illustrate it, I thought I'd got the checkerboard right, and then I realised that the Nike swoosh is in blue on a white square. And on my one, it ended up on a red square. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to start all over again. Am I trying to get the width of the squares right so that they were too kind of rectangular? Oh, it's just, I thought, who the hell designed this? They need the bloody head chopping off or something. Um, <laughs> the thing is, the interesting thing, um, having done a bit of uh, historical research on Croatia around that time, is that during 2002 World Cup, they wore their home kit and their away kit, but they didn't wear the correct standard version of either kit because the home kit should be effectively all white, apart from the checkerboard on the on the shirt, and the away kit should be all blue. And but in fact, in the first game, they wore on the home kit they wore with they wore it with blue shorts and blue socks. The second game, they wore it with blue shorts and white socks, so they didn't wear all white in either of those. And then the, uh, I say the away kit should have been all blue, but they wore it with white shorts and white socks. So they actually in, for both of their kits, they didn't wear the standard version on either of them. So a um, bit of a peculiar one that, uh, there's, if you like your, your nerdy stats there, kit nerds, that's, that's one for you. That's a, I pulled that one out specially for you. Um, a team that never wore the proper standard version of either of their two kits in a tournament. See if anyone can find up any, any other, um, examples of that. Um, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a busy design. It's, uh, that's to say the least. Um, Belgium's one was kind of like a pale red. I think it's a real pity. Unfortunately, they didn't wear their away kit because that one at the time was all black with 
sort of pale red flashes. And I think that is a really good, strong design. I mean, it's almost jet black. You know how it is with black kits these days that you sort of get sort of silly little bits and pieces and it sort of seems to dilute the black colour. But I don't know, This it was a really striking away kit that they had back then, but they didn't wear it in the tournament, sadly. Um, what else we got? Am I forgetting anybody else kind of Nike or Adidas-wise? I don't know. Uh, well, I was going to say, I think we should probably move on from Nike and Adidas. And the first one I think we should go to is Cameroon. Cameroon, yes. Because they, at the 2002 World Cup, had their weird-looking shirt, which was basically a, a green body with some uh, yellow and red trim on it, and then black sleeves. Now, what's all the black sleeves about, Chris? Yeah, now, I think you've misunderstood. Cause as you, you yes, I did. Yeah, I misunderstood your note, yes. <laughs> Essentially, what we do, ladies and gentlemen, letting a bit of lighting on the magic, is that we kind of create a document, a shared document, and we put all our notes on and all our pictorial references so we can sing from the same hymn sheet, you might say. And um, I think Rich was under the impression that I didn't know <laughs> that originally it was a sleeveless shirt. It's the classic one that where basically Puma gave Cameroon a shirt with no sleeves. And because it was outlawed by FIFA about three months beforehand, um, they had to do something hasty. And I, I guess the story must be rich. They just sort of stitched on some black sleeves sort of underneath. Would that be about I right? think I think so, yeah. And I think they sort of... I don't, I don't know if they chose black deliberately as a kind of F you to FIFA, you know, as <laughs> if to say, well, if you're going to make us wear sleeves, then we're going to go for something that obviously, you know, is, is almost like a, a completely non-existent colour. We're going to... Instead of mm. actually trying to match it with the kit, we're going to go for something that is not... It almost looks like, like you've said, like it shouldn't be there. So, yeah. but I, the funny thing is, I think it looks really nice with the black sleeves. I think it would have looked ace if they had been allowed to wear their sleeveless kit. I just think that would have been quite cool. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like it with the black sleeves. I think they should have continued to use that as trim because it looks really nice. And the actual shade of green that has been used is quite nice. Even the, this definitely was a tournament of weird shades of color because <laughs> yeah. it's not their usual because their usual is kind of a, what I would describe as a Mexico green, like, you know, kind mm. of quite a, quite a bright, vibrant green. And this yeah. is a very dark green. Mind you, that said, Mexico also had a dark green at this tournament as well. Mm. So it's a very, I, the, the actual sort of overall look of the home and away kits. I, I'm, I'm still not sure about, I don't know quite to what extent I like them, but I, I must say the, the shade of green, I'm really not fond of because it's a little bit wishy washy. It's almost going into sort of gray territory really. And the black sleeves, I think the black sleeves look better on the away kit for Cameroon because that's basically a white shirt with black sleeves, red shorts, white socks. So it, I kind of like, like it better on that, but I just think it's a bit of a mess, unfortunately. It's got some good elements to it, but together, I know it's just not working for me personally, but um, I think I am in, in agreement with you that I would rather have seen the kit worn without the sleeves, as was in, originally intended. And I think they did wear it without the sleeves in the uh, Africa Cup of Nations earlier I that think, same yeah, year. I think you're right, yeah. It's just that FIFA wouldn't have it for the World Cup for reasons. Uh, yes, right. And then, of course, um, uh, I think it was not long after that, they, they thought, well, OK, we'll try something else. We'll go for an all-in-one kit then, in that case. Yeah. And that, they <laughs> and didn't like that either, did they? No. It's <laughs> strange, that, really. Next, uh, I think the Cameroon Mankini is up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, with so that's an interesting... With a, a lion for the pouch. <laughs> and it roars. It roars, <laughs> yes. Um uh, I'm just trying to sort of assess really kind of um, in terms of like the, the manufacturer breakdown basically for the tournament. We've mentioned Adidas and Nike being so sort of dominant. Puma were kind of getting there. They had four kits, but I don't think their kits were very good in that tournament. Um, they predominantly, the, the template predominantly had 
like an underarm kind of panel, which like almost like a sweat patch. Um, I don't, I, I, and it just, I don't, even at the time, I thought it looked a bit naff, and and, and that yeah. opinion has not changed for me one iota. So sorry, Puma, but um, you were clearly, you know, back in your sort of, uh, you know, apprenticeship stage. You, you, you <laughs> nowadays, we can't fault your designs nowadays, but back then, you were you were still learning, clearly, weren't you? <laughs> um, but, uh, so that was, they had four kits in that tournament. Um, Umbro had two, which was England and Ireland, I suppose it would have been. Yeah. Um, we've heard from our friend, um, Dennis Hurley, actually, who knows a thing or two about Ireland kits, uh, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, he said they were very prosaic, which I think is a good, good way of putting it, really. Uh, the Ireland kits, um, inclined to go. I don't sort of hate, didn't hate the Ireland kits at the time, but, I don't know. It just seemed like they were still being developed and maybe they ran out of time so they just had to kind of go with whatever they had at the time. So, um, yeah. Um, and of course the England kit was, uh, the one with a sort of red, thin red stripe going down one side, which didn't look bad. It's not really one of my favorite England kits in the, in the, in the overall scheme of things, but it, it was okay. I, I think I much preferred the away kit. It was a lovely deep red shade and, um, looks a lot more sort of coordinated that one. What were your view? What's your view on those two? Uh, I the I didn't like the away kit at all. I don't really like mm. playing in a deep red, and I thought this yeah. one looked really boring. Sorry, but I just mm. thought it was dull. Um, and I thought the home kit was nice. It was okay. I think a lot of people rave about it. I just it to, for the one thing. There's two things that annoyed me. One is it is it kind of started the uh, trend for adding lots of red onto the home shirt, which I don't really like. Um, and secondly, it annoyed me because I'd had the exact same idea for that shirt a few years earlier and Umbro clearly stole it like they stole my Aston Villa one the years before. So it's just actually that's proof, you see. Once is yeah, coincidence, yeah. twice, proof. Mm. It's a conspiracy. The one thing I don't like about the Umbro shirts though is that Umbro were going through that period where they had their squashed diamond, which I really oh, yeah. didn't like. It looked horrible. I'd, I'd never understood why they did that. It was just like, no. it was like really thin and, and wide. It just looked awful. It just looked like you were looking at it from like an, an oblique angle. Mm. So, yeah, I agree. yeah. I never really thought about that, but that's a, yeah, it's a good point. Not massively mm. impressed with the Umbro kits. I'm surprised there was only two though. That's quite, quite a low turnout, isn't it? Yeah, I think in other tournaments they'd had more. Um, I'm just sort of checking actually on the off the cuff. In 1994, they had four kits, and that included Brazil, so that was their peak. Yeah. Um, but they were wi- winding down operations, and of course by 2014 there was not a single Umbro kit, sadly, to be seen. But hopefully things will change on that front in future. You never know. Indeed. Um, one thing to note, I was going to say, is the Denmark shirt, uh, hmm. which is, I mean, oh, yes. I think we've said before that, that Hummel have had a lot of, you know, well, I don't know if they've had a lot of nice kits for Denmark. Um, I think it feels a natural fit, and I don't know if that's just down to 86 and 92, you know, but it hmm. just feels like a natural fit. And it's nice that Denmark retains its Hummelness. But they have had an awful lot of crap as well. Yeah. I mean, the Denmark shirt they wore at this tournament was really boring. It was just a plain white, yeah. sh- a plain red shirt, sorry, not white, um, with a really wide, sort of weird shaped uh, white collar, which kind of makes me worry about the one they've got released because it looks <laughs> a bit similar. Mm. Um, and it was just, eh, eh, is what it was. It was just, eh, it was just boring. The only redeeming feature I can find about it is that they wore all red against Senegal rather than having white shirt r- white shorts and white socks and um, that made it look a bit better but the general design of the shirt I think looked really kind of it, it looked like they were going for retro but it just looked like boring to me just like a white ring neck collar and, and the chevrons going down the sleeves and 
I was like, oh, and I think the thing that also makes it look really strange is that they put the Hummel word mark right under the collar in the middle, and it, which is not normally where you expect to find. I know some manufacturers have put their logos in the middle on a shirt, but um, it just looked like it. Everything well, they, had been sort of sort crammed of swapped, up at the top of the shirt. Yeah, they've swapped the number and the the manufacturer logo position because it's like yeah. the numbers are where the manufacturer logo would be, normally be, and then the manufacturer logo is in the middle but like you say rather than being where the numbers would be it's right up it's literally about a centimeter under the collar so you can almost hardly see it it's just not a pleasant shirt it's boring so yeah well sticking with um, group a um, senegal have the um, dubious honor of being the only team to, to wear four different permutations from their two kits uh, they wore white green white they wore all white all green and green, white, green. So they, they managed to get their value, they get their money's worth from, from those two kits. Um, but again, that green, they were, even they wore a sort of slightly wishy-washy shade of green. Um, and those kits were made by Lecoq Sportif, who I'm generally a big fan of, but I just thought those ones, again, were from their sort of you know, budget team wear range or something. Not really my favourites, personally, but there it is. Can't win them all. Um, Indeed. Um, could, the be one that... could be Could be Slovenia. <laughs> Could be Slovenia, which is uh, really a heart attack on a, on a kit. Really, wow. it's um, it's got the the sort of motif which they seem to have stuck with for a long time now, which is like a I guess it's like an alpine, you know, uh, mountain range series of um, what do you call it peaks? I suppose. Yeah. Um, the home kit was predominantly white uh, with green peaks going across the middle of the shirt, but also like a strange panel going across the top of the shirt, just below the neck and green curves on the shorts and yeah it was made by Ulsport who I think are crazy wacky people and I like them for that but this was a bit too crazy and wacky and the the awake it was a sort of reversal of the colours it was predominantly dark green with white features all over it um yeah I think a bit less is more Ulsport if you're listening remember that one for future that's the thing if you've got a giant sort of mountain motif running across your shirt you're going to be very hard pushed to sort of get in, add anything else onto that shirt that doesn't immediately make it look horrifically busy. So, you know, make take note. I mean, again, like you said, maybe they're just learning their craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, go on. No, I'll, well, I'll, no, I'll, I'll let you carry on because I'm just building up to the, the, the one that is the best kit, which the I think we both kit. know which that is. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, basically, there were a smattering of, of um, uh, manufacturers that maybe only had one contract, one country to, to provide the kit for throughout. Uh, for instance, Costa Rica, um, their kit was made by Joma, I think, and didn't really like it. I, th- I don't know what it is. I find a lot of Central American countries, their, their <clears throat> kits, even today, it just look, always look a bit sort of... I don't know, they've got a certain style to them, as if that's what Central American countries want, but it, I, I, yeah, it doesn't look naff. very kind of, yeah, it looks a bit naff and a bit unpolished, shall we say, yeah. so, um, and that's the same for that. Um, and Uruguay's kit was made by Tenfield, not that you'd have um, known that very easily at the time, because there was no sort of specific detailing, but, um, Tenfield, going back to that thing we mentioned earlier on about the Uruguay kit deal and going over with Nike, apparently, um, Tenfield are a broadcaster in Uruguay, which I didn't think was a case. I thought they were a football kit manufacturer because they made the kit in 2002. But maybe they're one of these kind of multi-format, multimedia companies. And um, at the moment, um, Tenfield are sort of working in tandem with Puma on the current kits, I think is the way it's working. And, and yeah, anyway. But the Uruguay shirt had a nice lace-up collar, a bit retro. But other than that, 
not many redeeming features sadly a little bit on the boring side once you get past the lace-up collar uh, so that was them but you know hey we're teasing you rich there, there was one standout kit wasn't there let's be honest in this tournament and it was well uh, before we say that sorry <laughs> I was about to oh, say, yeah. <laughs> honorable mention goes to japan's away kit which i also Ooh, yes, think yeah. is very neat basically a white shirt with uh a sort of, I think, what looks like a sort of grey panel on the front. Mm. Just very nice. It's just different. And, and in a very sort of, a tournament full of differences that people were trying to use in different colours. This one is actually works. But yes, the <laughs> kit of the whole tournament. Stick it, Angelo Troffer. <laughs> because you said that I thought it was pish. And it's not. It's the Italy Kappa Combat Kit. It is the Kappa Combat, isn't it? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the, which, uh, to be fair to you, Angelo, I did hate it at the time. I absolutely <laughs> despised it because I just thought it was too plain and boring. But I now realise what a fool I was, and it is an absolute classic. And when you mm. look back in the context of all the other shirts at this tournament, it, it stands out by a mile. It is so far and above every other kit at this tournament, both home and away. They are a work of beautiful art, and everyone else should bow down before them. Yeah, home and away... Because the away was white shirts, blue shorts, white. But it was just... You remember what I said a moment ago about all, all sports, you know, less is more? This proves the point unequivocally. It was just beautiful, you know. Um, just uh, I think this... I, I'm pretty sure this is the one that I picked for the 50 greatest football shirts ever, which came in at number 14. And if it's not this one, it's very similar to this one anyway. But, you know, it's No, it's I think just, it was this one. It's the one with the plain neck, the round yeah. neck, rather than the, the fussy neck. Or yeah. actually, is this the one with the first? No, I can't remember. Either way, oh, yeah. no, I think this is the plain neck. But also a slightly, slightly paler shade of blue than the yes. suit seen before, which I think is a nice touch. And just, just the whole sort of elegant, sort of understated styling of the whole thing. It was no, there were no stripes, no flashes, no nothing. Beautiful, just a beautiful kit. Um, yeah. So I mean, that would that would be my kind of winner. I think it's just had Italian styling running through it completely. Indeed, um, and I, I much prefer Italy when they play in that sort of the lighter shade of blue. I think it's much nicer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can't we can't end this discussion on World Cup 2002 without mentioning the Paraguay away kit, which was holy hell orange. Um, what I mean, you're probably going to tell me, sort of continuing the theme from a previous podcast that you know Paraguay used to wear orange shirts in the 1950s. Richard, you probably got that one rolled up your sleeve. Um, uh, but so far as I know. There is no historical connection with orange that Paraguay have ever had. Um, and I suppose if you're wearing red and white shirts and blue shorts and you've got to come up with an away, sh- uh, an away kit, you've got to come up with something which is different to that. But, I mean, I, if it were up to me, I'd probably give them like an all-white kit or something. But orange? Orange? <laughs> Dear me. That, I mean, that's just absolutely bizarre. I, I Literally, I can't think of any other words to describe it, but there it is. I, I have no reason why they were on orange shirt. I do not know anything about it. And, and it is, it's very orange as well. It's, <laughs> like you say, it's a very odd choice. Apart yeah. from orange being an odd choice for an away kit, an away kit, unless there is some significant reason they've done it, it's an odd one. But like you say, with a, with a shirt that is, the home shirt is red and white stripes, to then go for orange is your way, which is almost like, you know, okay, red and white don't make orange, but it's almost like, you know, kind of from a distance, if you have a paler red, it's like, how the hell is that an away shirt? How the hell is that an alternative strip? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a contrast to the home colours, I suppose, given that. But um, yes, there it is. Um, anyway, um, as I mentioned earlier on, um, Andy Rockall has uh, been basically uh, looking into the um, wearing of away kits during the tournament because I think he felt that uh, uh, it seemed like the away kits were worn quite a bit, uh, maybe more so than in other tournaments. But he basically said um, he's, he's worked out that away kits were worn in 33 of the 64 games uh, and in one of those games, both kits, both away kits are warm, which is the one I mentioned earlier on, Sweden against Nigeria. Um, he said, um, uh, in England's group, Group F, uh, all six games had one side changing their kit. Uh, thought it might be some kind of record, but he said, uh, how wrong I was. And uh, as a result of his research, uh, basically what we see there is that, um, actually there were, um, other tournaments where there were more uh, where we saw the away kits worn more often, particularly and in record fashion, in 2010, 41 games saw one of the teams wearing their away kits. So um, some way short of that, um, 34, uh, 33, 34 in uh, in 2002. So um, yeah, uh, so just want to say thank you, Andy, for your research because it's excellent to have that input. It saved us doing the research on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, he said, just as a sort of closing comment, he just said, I was surprised at the high numbers in the 86 to 94 tournaments as there were only 24, they were only 24 team tournaments with 52 matches. But, um, there you go, it just goes to show. So, um, uh, thank you very much again, Andy, for that. Um, any other final closing comments there, Rich, on the World Cup 2002? Was it worse than Euro 92, would you say? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, mm. Do you know what? I think it was because there were more kits on show. Euro 92 had eight teams and, okay, a high proportion of those were CAC. But in theory, at, at World Cup 2002, you've got 32 teams there. So you have the chance to have some absolute crackers. And out of 32 teams and therefore 64 kits... There's only two that we think are any good, and the Japan one, which is, you know, kind of, I like, but it's it's not amazing. So there's only two, and that's it. The rest were cack. So I would say proportionally, yeah, there were so many opportunities to, to improve, and no. So, and also it had the worst football ever as well. I just, I just despise this tournament. And yet, like I say, when you look at it on the face of it, when, when South Korea got to the semi-final and so did Turkey, it should have been a bloody, you know, it should be more memorable, but I just, it was in the wrong place as well. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, if I have to get up and watch football at nine o'clock in the morning, sorry to anyone that lives on that side of the world, but you know, the, the World Cup's about me, not you. So. <laughs> I think you've made your point in uh, no uncertain terms there. Uh, no, I remember thinking it was strange because that, that, that the picture quality was just slightly kind of blurry as it would be because it's coming from the other side of the world from, you know, if you're watching it in the UK at least. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of an odd one, that. But um, and we haven't even gone on the subject of the ball, but we covered that on a previous Football Attic, kit, uh, football attic podcast. I think we've covered it on about 10 Football Attic ten, podcasts. Ten. We, we do like to drag that one up if we're a bit short of content. Um, <laughs> anyway, there you go. So that's 2002. As we always say, um, if you basically um, want to send us your thoughts on any of the kits or the tournament in general, uh, from a kit point of view at least, get in touch with us. We'll give you all the details later on. And, um, and also, uh, forgot to mention when we're doing the kit news, all the kits we mentioned in that uh, section, you'll find links to those pictures of those kits 
uh, on our website. Just look for the uh, accompanying blog post of this podcast, number five, and you'll find a little shortcut link so you can go and see what those kits look like. Save you having to do a lot of searching on Google, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, coming to the end of the podcast, but as ever, we bring you another kit off vote. And uh, just for a bit of fun, we like to present you with three different shirts and we basically ask you to pick your favourite. And last week, Rich, we had forgotten away shirts as a theme. Uh, what can you tell us about that? We had the uh, 1977-80 Tottenham away bow tie shirt, as we called it. Uh, we had the Everton away from 88-90, to 90, which was this sort of silvery stripy one. And the Man City third from 98-99, to 99, which was an awful crappy mess. So, <laughs> no, it, was, it was a kind of luminous yellow and was it navy or black stripes yeah. or whatever. Something. But eh, it was right. And, and the results were, we had 143 votes on this, so thank you very much for that. And Chris, the number one shirt... It was the Tottenham away bow tie shirt. Yet again, shirt A wins. I think there's a lot of nostalgic people out there that like to go for the oldest one nearly every time. I think so. We'll have to start skewing these um, these votes so we can well, sort of. I was going to say, looking at what we've got coming up, I think it's going to be A again. But they... <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. But um, but anyway, yes, um, the Tottenham away uh, shirt, the pale yellow one. Uh, that got 44% of your votes. It was a very close um, vote this time around. So as Rich said, thank you very much to everyone who took part in it. Uh, the Everton away shirt came in second and it had 34% of the vote. Man City's shirt came in third with 22% of the vote. Um, we did get a couple of bits of feedback on this, but they were generally a little bit abusive. Um, basically, um, Tribal Colours said, Man City's 99 playoff shirt, forgotten, um, which basically chimed in with another comment. I can't remember who it was that sent it, but basically somebody else saying, what do you mean, forgotten? It's all, you know, um, if you've got your Premier League blinkers on, uh, then, um, you know, you're bound to overlook shirts such as the one that Man City wore in 99. It's all a matter of scale, you know. I mean, it's just, I mean, forgive me, I'm a West Ham fan. We're in the very lucky position that we've never been any lower than the, the second tier. So forgive me if I don't look much beyond that, that tier and, of English and, football. And can I, can I just point out, as a Cov fan, what Premier League blinkers? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm right. in League One, for God's sake. <clears throat> it's not which was personal. The, which was the level that Man City were at at the time, wasn't it? Because it was their... Yeah, the, yeah. Well, it was the, the what's it called then, Division... <laughs> Two was it by that point? Yeah, I yeah. It would have been. Yes, yeah. So forgive. We're not. You know, when we say, I mean, in the case of that Man City third shirt that we had on the last uh, kit off vote, it wasn't so much forgotten by me. It was. I don't think I even saw it at the time, but not because I was being deliberately blinkered. Uh, so you know, just hold off, everyone. We did say it was a bit of fun. Just try and remember that. Yeah, think, man. Chill, fun. dudes. God. But anyway, Ch- chill out, y'all. <laughs> but anyway, Rich, what is the theme for this week's kit-off vote? The theme for this week's kit-off is silver and grey shirts, because we were we were thinking about what to do, and we thought, oh, how about kits of a certain colour? And then we were trying to think, well, okay, we thought we thought about black, which we might do in a future one, because we were thinking, well, obviously since, you know, don't be accused of Premier League blinkers again, um, obviously that's only since the Premier League started, because obviously referees stopped wearing black all the time, but that's not what we were thinking. So obviously then, so you have a glut of black kits that have arrived in the last 20 odd years. Um, but then we thought, mm, actually, no, I'll tell you what, we'll go for grey, because there, there's always an sort of generally tends to be an interesting story around the grey ones. So the three we've got are uh, the uh, where are we? Liverpool away from is that from eighty seven? Because this is the, well, is technically, it? see, we we might have to put a bit of a disclaimer here because there's sort of two versions of this shirt. One I think had a, 
uh, Crown Paints in the first season well, as the sponsor, and then the second season it was Candy. Well, it was a completely different shirt as well, I think. The because uh, mm. they they first had the, uh, the basically the Liverpool shirt which had the round neck. So you had two versions of that as well. You had the one which was almost the same shirt from the year before, but with a round neck with grey trim. And then you had the one that had the kind of paint fleck effect. Right. Well, um, you, you pick the one you think because you're more of an expert on these things. <laughs> well, I like, I like this one, so, but I just, yeah. we'll just clarify exactly what the year was. So it's basically the, the grey one with candy written on it, which is the one with all the sort of triangular pattern on it. Yeah, I think, the, I think was 88, was, 89, I think that was. My, yeah, I think it was. I think the 87 one was just the sort of bog-standard Liverpool kit at the time, but in grey. So that's number one, uh, the Liverpool away 88-89. The second one is the all-time classic, Man United away from 95 to 96. The one that nobody could see, the invisible shirt, when they got, what, was it 3-0 by Southampton? Southampton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the one, ironically, with the word sharp view on it. <laughs> view cam. Sharp view cam, yeah, I was just taking the cam bit off there. Um, <laughs> but yes, the one, you could see sharp view, you see. It does look like it's it. got a bit of interference on that pattern, I must admit. It if does, that's what yeah. their cameras are like, then... Um, Actually, from, from a weird distance, it looks like either a TV that's gone uh, like static-wise, or it looks like a memorial wall. <laughs> From a distance, because it looks like a list of names. You know, well, so far I've I've provided skin grafts and memorial walls today for the kit. So you don't get this on any other kit podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, that's why no one listens to to us. Um, and then the third one we've got is the Olympique Marseille. Oh, sorry, Ollie Peak Marseille, as Jay would call it. <laughs> 2014 to 15. I, th- I can't remember if it was an away or if it was a third shirt. I'm reliably it's ba- informed it's away. I, I have. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it's an, it's a, thank you. Uh, so it was an away <laughs> shirt. Um, so these are also three grey aways as well. Grey away days. And it's basically all grey. It looks almost like sort of jogging bottom material. Mm. Um, and everything's uh, monochrome because the Intersport logo is in black and white. The Marseille badge is in black. Uh, the stripes are all in black. It's got a simple round crew neck. And then what I do like about it, though, is that the Adidas logo is in the same grey as the shirt. So they've provided a massive black square for it to go on. Mm. And I just like that because it's something completely different. You just yeah. don't, it's almost like they've stitched it on afterwards. <laughs> and I just, th- I think it's quite unique. So, so they are the three to choose from. Hmm. I, I, do you know what? I didn't even, I, um, that, that Marseille one that we just mentioned, that must have completely passed me by a, a couple of seasons ago. I just don't even remember seeing it. So it's a, nice to be, um, uh, shown that as a result of making our choices there for you. So um, there you go, three fine shirts. And we've even put the Manchester United one on a white background so it's not invisible. Uh, <laughs> it's the least we could do. Um, as ever, three different eras represented. So do your worst. Uh, get along to thefootballattic.com. And again, as I say, look for the accompanying blog post for this podcast, number five, and you'll find all the voting buttons on there. Similarly, if you uh, if you follow us on Twitter, at Football Attic, then uh, there will be some voting buttons uh, if you go to our profile page they'll always be at the top of our profile page so you can vote there and then we'll just add up all the votes from the two sources and uh, we'll give you the result on the next podcast so uh, thank you in advance if you decide to have a go at that um, so uh, that's virtually it just a couple of little things just to mention before we go pointers and stuff like that uh, we did get a bit of feedback from uh, Russell Osborne after the last podcast we were talking about Euro 92 
And he said, uh, read numbers on the front of the shirts. He said, it's a surprise that the Premier League and others haven't implemented it somehow uh, around the shirt sponsors. Um, yeah, I kind of get what you mean there, Russell. Although I think it might be a bit sort of tricky to fit it around the, the shirt sponsor, the, you know, the main company shirt sponsor on the middle of the shirt. But um, I guess with a bit of application, they could do it. Um, what, any any thoughts on that, Rich? Uh, yeah, if it, if, I mean, it, yeah, like you say, because of the sponsors on it, it would make things a mess. And the funny thing is, when he said that, I I, I immediately sort of did that thing of. Do they not have numbers on the front? Because <laughs> yeah, right. like, it's just you just get so used to seeing it in World Cups, and then and because I don't really watch much Premier League, ironically, but with my Premier League blinkers, <laughs> I don't actually watch any Premier League football at all. <laughs> um, not that I've taken that to heart. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't watch much football, so I just immediately thought, I, "Do they not?" And then I had to actually go and look just to see. And it's like, mm. no, they don't, of course, because yeah, where the hell would they go? Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I, to be honest, I think if they did, it would make things look pretty damn awful on the front of shirts i mean mm. they're not really necessary anyway so no. i mean it makes you wonder why they actually bother sticking them on the front of shirts for tournaments yeah you know because it's proved that you don't necessarily need them there so Indeed. get rid of them and then we Guess can bring back the words mexico on <laughs> yeah on everybody's shirt <laughs> whether you like it or not here yeah, you're having mexico on the back of your korean shirt Ah <laughs> uh, dear i just yeah i suppose to be technical i'd just I remember being a bit flabbergasted when they started putting small numbers on the front of the shirt. So that whacking great big number on the back, that's not, that's not doing anything for you, is it, ref? No, is it? We've got to have numbers everywhere. I suppose it's purely decorative, really. But um, anyway, thank you, Russell, for your feedback on that. It's given us something to uh, virtually close the podcast with this time around. And uh, just uh, by way of some pointers, uh, I particularly wanted to draw your attention, everyone, to um, the Museum of Jerseys website, which I think is museumofjerseys.com. Um, and Dennis Hurley over there's done a fine two-piece feature on uh, early 80s Adidas goalkeeper templates, which is fantastic. If you love that sort of thing, well worth a read. I that's I think those um, Adidas goalkeeper templates, sort of early 80s, the one with the kind of horizontal um, panel across the sort of top top of the shirt, across the shoulders that were worn by people like Luis Arconada of Spain and people like that. I just thought that was a terrific, really good, strong design for goalkeepers to wear. And um, so if you want to find out more about that, get along to museumofjerseys.com. Well worth a look. Um, also, um, you want, might want to keep your eyes on Twitter because I think very soon we'll be hearing from John Devlin over at the um, Soccer Nomad podcast with Austin Long. So that's definitely one to listen out for. I think uh, that will be a terrific one if you like hearing about football kit design from somebody who knows a thing or two about that kind of thing. Uh, anything else there, Rich? Any pointers you want to bring to the attention of our fine audience? Uh, no, I just wanted, though, uh, to say, on the last podcast I mentioned about the Argentina shirt that um, oh, yes. that <laughs> somebody we, had mistakenly yeah, bought. Yeah, that someone bought. Now, on that podcast, I said that I had been alerted to the fakery of it by people in the know. Now, I deliberately didn't say who those people in the know were in case they didn't want me to say that... Because basically I was saying that they told me the thing was fake and that the whole auction was was balls, basically. So I thought I'd give them anonymity. But then one of them, some Welsh stroppy git, had a go at me and said, what does it take to get a shout-out on your podcast? Well, shaky, shaky, shake shaft. Now you've got your shout-out, you grumpy git. No, I'm only kidding, mate. <laughs> yeah, so I deliberately didn't say, but it was the two people in the know who, who gave me the, the, who saved my bank balance and possibly life uh, were obviously Simon Shaky Shake Shaft who immediately went that's 100% fake 
uh, and then provided me like and and provided me all the details on on exactly what had gone on with that shirt. And Nev from the football shirt collection, national football shirt collection, uh, Nev or one of his team that he has. Um, so I'm very grateful to you two guys. Um, I knew I could count on you, and I hope I hope that this has gone in some way to redressing the injustice which I pervade upon yourselves. I am so sorry. And this is probably sound a bit sarcastic now, isn't it? Yeah, so you should but, be. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I prostrate myself before you, not prostate myself. That's that would be weird. <laughs> you said you weren't going to tell the listeners that. Um, <laughs> you'd be amazed what I see on this video link, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, oh, actually, one of the things. Sorry, yes. one of the thing. Uh, hopefully, in the next few days, I well, you should see on Twitter some kits that I have bought, which I think you will like. I'm not going to say what they are. You will see on Twitter, but I hope they should arrive in the next few days. And there will be a big shout out to the person who helped me get them. Uh, but that will be on the next podcast and on Twitter. But you'll see. Righty ho. And uh, to do that, you need to follow us on Twitter, football slash football attic. Uh, or indeed at football attic is uh, what you need to uh, find on Twitter. And we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the football attic. Uh, the website is where you can download all our podcasts, as indeed you can on iTunes. Uh, that's www.thefootballattic.com. And if you want to send us an email, please do. Uh, you'll need to send your message to admin at thefootballattic.com. So uh, please do that as well. And if you'd like to leave us some positive feedback on iTunes, um, all feedback is greatly received. If it happens to be positive, if it's not, you can keep it to yourself. And, uh, yeah, stick it. All we can sort of say, really. But um, anyway, I think that's pretty much it for this Football Attic Kit podcast. It's been wonderful fun, eh, Rich? And um, let's do this again sometime soon. Why not? Why not? Well, actually, if we've got time, I have got the list. Oh, no, maybe I won't read that out. Um, <laughs> anyway, ladies and gents, thank you very much indeed for your time. I uh, hope to join you again for another one very soon. Until then, for myself and Rich, it's goodbye to you all. Goodbye. Ecuador?